I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. This is my 23rd episode. I really didn't know what incredible people I would meet on this journey. It has opened my mind to so much and realize that when you connect to people who want to help others or be of service to help them overcome anything, maybe limiting beliefs, self-sabotaging thoughts, or anything around personal development, you meet some pretty awesome people. I love the saying from Tony Robbins, success leaves clues. Think of the times in your life when you met someone who you view as a success, someone you look up to, or who you see as a mentor. When you follow their lead and do what they do, it's amazing how you can transform your life. For an example, I just returned from a trip to Montana with a group of eight women who I have met in the past six months or so through having this podcast and surrounding myself with self-development groups or attending masterminds, reading, and listening to podcasts. But to go on a trip with seven other women you have really only seen maybe on a Zoom call in a mastermind or class, and all of a sudden you spend five days together with such ease and grace and all like-minded souls on a journey to live a life of peace, love, and abundance. The magic that comes from that connection is truly uplifting and so inspiring. It's a true example of the importance to connect to people who are living a truly authentic life and serving the world to make it a better place. Today's guest is exactly one of those people. I've never met him in person, but I've seen him on his YouTube channel, followed his podcast, and have listened to so many podcasts he's been on and know we must be like-minded. Plus, we have so many friends in common, all part of the self-development world. His name is Nicholas Bone. Nicholas has devoted his life to all things personal development through studying health, spirituality, psychology, hypnosis, NLP, Reiki, and various other modalities, he has created a comprehensive system to understand what drives human behavior. His mission is to share these ideas with the world. I am beyond grateful to have him here with me today. You are going to learn so many valuable takeaways to transform your life in such magical ways. So let's get this interview started. Welcome, Nicholas, to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute joy to watch you on your YouTube. Listen, I've taken so many notes, just not even for the podcast, but for my (laughs) life. And you just, for being 34 and knowing what you know is incredible. And I look at you and what you've done in your life to let you... I don't think you've like even thought about it. You just keep going because you want to learn so much. Mm -hmm. You just have this drive to like know more and more and more. I mean, I think you've taken a million. I feel like you want to take a class just to keep moving forward. You're never satisfied with where you are. I feel that's just what I get from meeting you through 
listening to all of you in your podcast or your YouTube or anyway, welcome to the show. And Thanks. I would yep. love to start what? Well, I was going to say that that might be a blessing and a curse that I'm never satisfied and I'm always moving forward, right? I think, you know, sometimes I pause and I look back and I'm like, man, I've been to so many events and read so many books and sometimes like content just comes out of me that I forget is even inside of me. So hopefully you guys will get some of those nuggets today. Oh, and you have so many nuggets. But what, let's start because I always like to start with, you know, when you were kind of searching, you were in college, getting a degree, trying to figure out your life. What were the big like pivots where you realized, you know, this is really not for me. I want to do something different. So I think one of them was I didn't know what I wanted to do in college. And so I kind of went just the path of what my dad and his dad did in food, uh, food manufacturing. I became a a production supervisor. And so I came out and I was actually a uh, supervisor at Oscar Mayer and I hated it. And it was just, it was a really tough job and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was, I just felt lost. So I did that for a few years. I even fought professionally for a few years trying to, to you know, live the dream and have high hopes and, and that went okay. But after a while, I just got, I got burnt out from not knowing what I wanted to do, not knowing who I was. And I, I went to a Tony Robbins event in 2016 and my mind just exploded. And <laughs> I just committed myself from then on to learning everything I could about myself, about the journey, about success, fulfillment. And I've really been seeking to make myself feel whole. Like that's really what it comes down to. And so all of these classes like hypnosis, body language, NLP, spirituality, it's all been just so I can feel whole. And to be honest, I even through all of that, I still didn't feel whole. And I still was driven to learn more just to be complete until recently, and I, I just had this amazing recent transformation and I'm finding this new place of joy and ease and acceptance and all the principles I've studied are starting to tie together in, into one pretty ribbon and I, I'm feeling amazing. So I'm, I'm happy to share some of those ideas. Today. Yes, elaborate. You can't leave me hanging. <laughs> so, you know, everything that I learned was just a little technique and a little strategy and they work, right? And Tony, you know, and you know this, Tony Robbins talks about state NLP, our, our state is directly related to our capabilities. And so I was always trying to change my state. And what I realized recently is that that's a drive of the ego. And often it comes from wanting to get rid of a bad feeling or overcome something or make us feel a certain way instead of experiencing life flowing through us. And I realized I was doing that all the time. I was trying to like get myself into this pumped up state and I was cutting off the flow of like universal energy, right? That life force, that chi, that prana that comes from outside of us and flows through us. And so like I knew all the steps, but they weren't working. And I, like, I couldn't teach it because I didn't feel congruent with it. And then once I just, I was like hitting my head on the wall in my business in every area of my life. And once I just said like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I just surrendered to it. I started to realize like that force comes from outside of us and it flows through us. And we have to have the humility. And once we do, we open ourselves up to, to new ideas, to like feelings of gratitude, to feelings of love that we don't create within us. We accept them from God, from the universal life force that then flows through us. And when you can do that, you're, you're channeling the divine and your power instantly changes. And so once I did this, I, I got a, a seven unit under contract. I sold two houses that just wouldn't sell before. Uh, I've had a bunch of deals just going through and all these things starting to come together just from surrendering and allowing. And, you know, people get so stuck in that before, you know, this place where they feel like you go into, you know, I can see you getting in your state and you're like this powerful guy and you're like focusing on like, rah, rah, get me going, get me in this energy. 
Uh-huh. But instead is stop and allow and let that let it just surrender and then watch the magic appear, right? And Absolutely. so people the people that don't and never let themselves experience that, you know, like how can you if someone was now that you've had that experience, if you had someone come to you, what would you say to do? So it almost always stems from the voice in our head, which, you know, we can call the ego, but the ego just puts judgments and attachments in there that takes us out of the present moment. And I realized I do this with my real estate business and and maybe people can relate in other areas of their life too. I would get somebody to call me that wanted to sell a house or do a deal. And I would start like ruminating over like, Oh, how much money am I going to make? And how, you know, like how much money to cash flow every month and how many of these do I need to do? And I would spin that energy in my system right? From just my mind talking it. And that attachment would then block everything from coming to me. And like, I had the systems in place. I know my scripts. I'm great at influencing people. And still like for some reason or another, every single deal was falling through. And so once I just like shut that voice off or learn to watch it, observe it and not judge it pretty soon, like my energy totally transformed and, and I was allowing things to come into my life. Oh, let's see. That's magic. When I started my, I owned a a day spa back when I was your age and I did it with really not knowing anything. Mm -hmm. And I have that, I did have that for some reason. I just kept surrendering. I didn't even think it had caught on fire. I just opened it. I was like, okay, there's a fire. There must be a reason for the fire. I don't have any money. It's all on credit cards. You know, I just, I really opened my life to flow. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the fire was for a reason. I got to redo the spa, like all the things I never questioned. People kept saying, please don't, you know, close down. You just open. I said, close down. Like, there's no way I'm closing down. Like that is not even a question. You know, I just that flow and like knowing that and surrendering to life and knowing that it's all perfect and in the right, all in the right timing. Mm-hmm. And that if people, if to let go of that control and that ego and just surrender, oh my gosh, what a way to live. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, love or fear, right? Isn't that, yep. don't you think that's the same thing? So it is. I just actually interviewed a guy on my podcast who wrote the book Fearvana. And he talks about that. And, and I, this was kind of a paradigm shift for me is that the fear is the pathway to love, right? So when we hit a wall that, of fear that stops us, once we're able to move through that to overcome that, we basically pull that fear out of our nervous system and open ourselves up to experience more love. And so like you were talking about, I would hit this place of like, I'd be in fear and I'd be like, no, I can't feel fear. I got to be in this place of love because fear is bad. Instead of letting even that fear flow through me and stepping into it. And then once you do, and and, you know, in NLP, I talk a lot about open loops. When we leave things unresolved in our life, it it pulls apart our energy and our focus. And so when we're able to, to face our fears, we close that loop and we resolve it. And then we can move forward and our body is able to experience more love flowing through us just by facing those fears every day. Okay, so I want to talk about love. I listened to one of your YouTube channels mm-hmm. yesterday on the plane home from Montana about love, the power of love. And I even loved the movie theater, the visualization. Can you elaborate on that? Because that, that was really, I mean, I took so many notes on that. It was really powerful. Good. Loved it. Yeah, so to summarize it, I think uh, my talk was on the hypnotic power of love and how as children or as, as humans, what we need to survive is love. We have to be loved and accepted by our parents and our tribe. And so at a young age, we start to learn very specific strategies on how to get that love. So for example, you know, someone that made their parents laugh as a kid pretty soon found out that in order to get love, they had to be funny, 
And so that person would then become a class clown, will grow up to be a comedian or, you know, whatever. And so we use those strategies to get love. And, and sometimes that helps us, like we're driven to success. And sometimes that hurts us. Like we have these, we throw these fits, we cry for attention to get love or attention from our parents. And so recognizing the, that love, getting love drives everything that we do. And then I think, tell me more about the closed eye process, right? In the movie theater. I'm, yeah, I'm you trying- wanted, it was about, you know, loving your parents, like realizing oh. what, you know, what they were going through, like accepting them. Yeah. So, so our parents are like our biggest source of love and acceptance. And so everything we do as a child is really to get our parents to love us, to see us and to appreciate us. But they can only do that to the capacity that they are able to experience and express love themselves. And so most of the time, their parents didn't have, you know, great strategies for, for giving love. And so our parents didn't get those strategies. And so then they try to raise children, you know, and they have their temper and they have their rules and they have their shortcomings and insecurities that then we get. And so I, I did a closed eye process on the podcast so people could just go back and see their parents as little kids, as those like innocent children who are just doing the best that they can with what they have. Uh, and when you see your parents like that as kids, you can see them like that as adults and know they're doing the best they can with what they have. Their strategies might not be great. They might seem selfish to you, but in the long run, they're trying to protect themselves and they're trying to get love. And so when we know that we can forgive them uh, and we can heal them and we can heal ourselves. When you were raised, were you raised in a family that uplifted you? And did you have anything from your childhood that you took into your life, your adult life? Yeah. I mean, everything that all of us have is all from our childhood, you know, because from zero to seven, we're in theta brainwave state. And and when I hypnotize people, that's what I put them in is that theta brainwave state because our brain learns better. And so I had amazing parents. There's little things though that like, you know, we all take, you know, I know when I would make decisions, I think my mom would question me a lot of times. And so I took that into adulthood as every time I'd make a decision and then I'd question it. And then I'd look for approval from other people. Um, and you know, my mom was very frugal. And so starting a business, like I was sometimes afraid to go spend money or to go do deals when I needed to because of that. And and, how do you get over that? How do you get over the frugal part? So the first step is awareness, right? Once we're aware of those patterns, we can start to shift past and we can start to say, Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and I talk a lot about judgment. And so the, the, the main key is not to judge them right? To know like, I have this limiting belief from when I was a child. We watch it come up. We watch the emotions come up with it. We step back from it and we say, oh, that's interesting. Look at that. I'm afraid to spend money or I'm afraid of losing money. Uh, And then we, like I talked about, stepping into that fear anyway. Let's go do the deal anyway, even though we're afraid. And after a while, you just expose yourself to it and that fear just filters out of your system. And another way is just to spend time with people who have the beliefs that you want to have. So spend time Mm -hmm. with people that are doing deals, spending money, who are good with money, maybe not overly frugal, and then you'll start to adopt their their patterns as well. So those are a few strategies. You were um, in Brock Thomas's group, right? I still am, yep. Okay, so he was on the podcast a while back. Oh, great. You know, his M1 uh, movement, are you in that? I am, yeah. Actually, I spoke at uh, a few of his events. Yeah, so when you surround yourself with that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, how could you even look at fear? <laughs> Explain to me how you bring these people into your life, your tribe. Like, who do you surround yourself with? How do you get these people to, do you look for them? Do they come to you? So you, I'm sure you've heard the saying that your vibe attracts your tribe, right? And so by, yes. by raising your vibration, you just start to attract different people in your life. And um, I went to Date With Destiny a few years ago, Tony Robbins event. And I remember 
I had like four kind of intentions or goals. And one of them was to change my peer group. And I met a friend there and he was like, oh, you got to check out Rock Thomas and, and check out this M1 group. And I was like, well, this was on my intentions. And so, boom, I joined it right away. And um, I've just blown away by the quality of people. And, and now I'm just, I'm very intentional with who I spend time with. I seek out the, literally the best in the world. I've trained oh. some of the, the best hypnotists in the world. And I'm, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good at rapport. So I go train with them and then I get into rapport with them. And pretty soon I have them on the podcast and we develop a friendship. And just to, to see like some of the hypnotists go out and do a therapy session and I can just pick up on the language patterns and how they use body language and rapport. And like, I'm taking 40 years of their training and I'm just like stealing it. I'm borrowing it. Right. right. So it's so important to surround yourself with just experts, find the best in the world and be around them. Explain, I loved your, your theory on, or thought process on the antenna. When you are around those kind of people, like mm -hmm. if you can't help but bring that into your antenna, into your body, right? Yeah. So one of my main theories is that our, our brain and our body is an antenna for vibrations, right? Vibrations of thought, vibrations of emotions. And so we only pick up what we resonate with. Just like if you're in, the, in your car and you turn it to a, a country station, Classical music waves are all around you, but you can't hear them. You don't resonate with them, right? And so you're only going to pick up on, you're only going to be around the people that you resonate with. And so if you intentionally find people who are on a, a, a higher vibration or, or achieving more success than you and you get around them, pretty soon your antenna will start to sync up with them. Like, you know, you talked about rock. He'll say things sometimes and I'm like, I say that. Like, did he get that from me? Or I'll say something and he'll be like, you know, He's like, that's great. I, I feel like I came up with that. Just because we share that vibrational <laughs> space, like the ideas we have are at the same time. And, you know, you get that where you both answer the same question at the same time in the same wording. And it's just, it's sharing that brainwave space. And when you do it with experts and amazing people, pretty soon you're going to be one of them. When you, during this time in the quarantine, have you been focused more on your podcast and YouTube? Have you been able to like do other things or... What is it? Has it limited your lack of getting out there? <laughs> no. Well, no, not at all. So I, um, it was really starting to get serious and they canceled the Tony Robbins event I was going to go to. And so I booked a flight to Panama, which is where we started talking. And because I wasn't worried about it. And I got down there and my buddy and I got trapped there for two months and we had a blast and uh, I came home and have been traveling still and really focusing on my real estate business this year and focusing on my emotional and spiritual growth more than my content lately. Because like I said, I've, like, I've still been searching and I still haven't felt that fulfillment in my heart. And now I'm like out at the other side of that, like realizing that it was my ego that was blocking that the whole time. And I'm like, just the, even the last few days, even, I've just like totally renewed for content, for teaching, for, for getting that out there because I feel congruent again. I feel, I feel totally complete. So to answer your question, I'm doing more real estate deals. I'm, I'm getting out there more. I'm, I'm having more fun now during the quarantine than any time in my life. So it hasn't stopped me at all. No, I love that. The real estate, is that, have you been in the real estate for a long time? Have you, has that been your main source of income? Yeah. So that was kind of my path into personal development. I, I didn't want to work for other people. So it was that financial freedom. And then I realized so I think I quit my job in 2015 to do real estate full time. And I realized, you know, my real estate business was limited by emotional, spiritual, and, and, you know, financial health and my belief system. And so that's why I like, I wanted the finances. So I got into personal development and that was kind of what pulled me into it was that drive. You mean the real estate gave you the finances to pay for personal development? 
Well, that, but it gave me the desire to learn more about myself. The, my real estate goals, my real estate business, I knew I had to become more in order to grow that. And so mm-hmm. I went into the, the personal development side and got way more than financial gain, you know, learning about myself, learning about people, human behavior than I could have ever expected to find just trying to make more money. Does that make right. sense? Totally. What it was your like pinnacle seminar or what was the main thing that made the biggest difference in your life? <laughs> so the first UPW was a big game changer for me. Rock Thomas was really instrumental because he gave me a lot of opportunities to speak and kind of refine my voice. I've done several hypnosis trainings. Sorry, this is a long answer. A couple of hypnosis trainings yeah. that like that like brought a bunch of stuff together. And then I would say a couple shamanic journeys. So ayahuasca. You've done uh, that? Yeah. I did See. ayahuasca and then I recently did Bufo, which my next podcast, uh, I will be talking about that experience. And, and Tony did that as well. It was horrifying and amazing. <laughs> you mean like over the top of ayahuasca? It was 10 times more intense. Oh, yeah. wow. Where was yeah. that? I did it in New Jersey with a shaman out there, one of my best friends. And it uh, it's 10 minutes long and it's they take the secretions from the Sonoran Desert Toad. <laughs> yeah. And you're just pulled out of your body and I was shot into another realm and basically like into this psychotic state where it's just hell and torture. And, and then you come out the other side and there's no fear of death and there's, there's like no fear. It was incredible. And I've been, since then, I've been just getting all these realizations about myself, about the nature of life and reality and, and love. And so it was, that was very transformational as well. And the ayahuasca was the same thing, but just not as intense. Yeah. So ayahuasca for me, I uh, opened my eyes in, you know, once I started to, to let go into it and I was a native American warrior on a horse. This is, if you can see my logo, I have uh, the dream catcher, which was kind of inspired by that. And I was on a horse and I just, I lived for like four hours during this journey. I lived a whole life as a native American warrior. And so I felt like what it meant to be like a humble leader, what it meant to be free, to be present, to see the energy and consciousness in nature all around me. And it was the most intense and freeing experience. It was, it was incredibly beautiful. So, you know, I talk a lot about anchoring with essential oils and with music. And so I anchored that state with Native American war drums and then the Arborvitae oil. So when I smell that and I play the war drums, I'm back in that state, just like I was in ayahuasca, like this powerful warrior state. And so anytime I'm competing or going to the gym, like I just tune back into that, that vibration, that frequency, and my capabilities just shoot through the roof. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love your, that way you get into that state. Will you explain it that people don't understand? Sure. So anything that happens in a heightened emotional state, our brain will link up. And so if a song is playing, you know, think about the song comes on the radio that you listened to when you broke up with your girlfriend back in high school, we still have that same emotional response, right? Because the brain will link that up, the emotions to that. And so what I do is I get myself into a peak state with music or through life experiences. And then I take, you know, essential oil and I'll smell it and the neurons start to fire together. And so every time I smell peppermint, I've been doing this for 10 different Tony Robbins events. So every time I hit the peak state, I smell peppermint, peak state, smell peppermint. Hmm. So when I want to come, uh, it's actually, I call it my charisma state. So when I want to come be charismatic on a podcast, I just smell it right before I get this little dump of, of hormones in my body and I become talkative, like, you know, everything starts to click and I'm, I'm just in a, a great talkative and happy state. 
when, what do you do in the morning? Do you have rituals that you, I mean, do you have to do something every morning to get yourself or are you just naturally you just <laughs> kind of wait to get the lavender or whatever? Yeah. So my morning rituals change right now. It's very much based on just clearing my mind, mindful meditation. That's my main focus. I do this. Um, I don't know if you've read Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural. Yeah, I love him. So I, I took his idea of the mind movie and I, I changed it a little bit. And I, I combined it with a book called Hands-On Healing, where he talks about image cycling. And so I have these images shooting at me, where it's just like a mind movie. I'm basically like hypnotizing myself to put all these images in my mind. So I do that. And then I do my mindful meditation, where I'm just watching the thoughts and letting them go. And I think that's the skill that will change your life more than anything. Get a workout in and, and start my day. And then that, that varies from time to time. I take a cold shower and but the mindfulness practice, if you can just learn to watch your thoughts, your life will change overnight. Will you give me an example of that? When the, the, you mean the negative thoughts that come into your mind yeah, or any, just your thoughts in yeah, general? Yeah, just, just any thoughts in general, especially judgments, judgments and attachments. You know, usually we see someone at the grocery store, they're different than us, and we have that like snap judgment, right? And when we're able to watch that come in, we can say, oh, that's an interesting judgment. And then we can release it. Otherwise, we just, we don't notice it. We hang on to it, right? And that judgment then changes our vibrational frequency in our body. And pretty soon we're judging other people. We're judging ourselves. We're judging our results. We're judging people wearing masks, people not wearing masks. And all that judgment all day long stacks up energy in our body, right? And that changes the frequency of our antenna. And we start to attract things we don't want. We start to have dis-ease in our body because our cells can't function function properly because all of the, the energy of judgment, the hormones that, are, that come from judgment. So every time you watch that judgment, you let it go and you just let it go. And that judgment never enters your body. And so you don't have these feelings of attachment and neediness and lack. And, you know, you, you can just be so present in the moment because your, your antenna is clear. When you hypnotize somebody, do you work through that? Tell me, cause I know that's a big part of what you do. Explain mm-hmm. that to me. So it really varies based on the clients. And, and one I'm working with right now is totally just watching her thoughts and releasing things. So I will get her just tuned in, very present, watching her thoughts come in. And then I'll take her back to a memory and we'll re-experience that memory and we'll, we'll close that loop and let it out of her system. So we'll go back and you know we'll do the forgiveness with her parents and her ex and, and uh, all the regrets that she has. And we'll We'll look at them with a loving and compassionate lens. We'll see the judgment. We'll see how we've been judging those past experiences and we just release them. And then you, like I said, you close the loop, you resolve it in your nervous system and then, and then you're free to move on. And so a lot of it, you know, you go back to those early childhood experiences where we have those strong emotional events and we reframe them. We take the judgment out, we send love into them and they don't, they don't affect people anymore. Or if they do, they're aware of it and they just, they can just let those layers go because they're, they learn the tools of, of watching their internal voice. Right. It's just an awareness and it takes time, right? It's a practice that you have to really yeah. make sure that you can do that. It does. So I always say, you know, hypnosis can happen instantly. We can, you know, sit down with someone who's a smoker and, and in, you know, an hour, they're not going to be a smoker anymore. Sometimes that happens, but you know, they also took... 20 years, 30 years to develop that habit. Sometimes it does take a little bit of time. Uh, and the spiritual growth and personal development path never ends, right? There's always something coming up. Uh, so we just resolve one thing and go to the next. But, but those changes can happen fast. So I, I always want to tell people like to expect that because otherwise you tell people you're going to have to sit in therapy for 20 years to get over your mom spanking you as a kid. They're going to believe that and that's going to be their experience. But 
you can get over that in a moment once you stop judging her and once you stop judging yourself. Right. Now your body language. I want to talk about that because that part is so intriguing and almost so simple that if you, you know, if you just really realize it's just about your posture or anything, but could you kind of elaborate on your whole take on body? Cause that's a big part of your tools too, right? Yeah, it's huge. Cause I, I tell people that 50% of our results in life are from our body language. And that sounds absolutely crazy, right? But if you think about it, we know that half of our communication is nonverbal. And I believe that half of our state comes from body language. So the two most important things are emotional state and how we interact with people. More than half of that stems from just how we use our body. Um, so I have basically four components that I teach with body language. So you can always, you can instantly assess like, how am I breathing? How's my posture? How's my facial expressions? And how am I moving? Right? Those are the four components. Yeah. And so once you're able to like, you know, you're in a bad state, you're like, okay, my shoulders are forward. All right, put those back. I'm frowning. My face is tense. Put a smile on my face. I'm breathing really shallow. Switch that to breathing deep. Move quickly, move excitedly. I'm gonna, and then just those shifts, you'll start to feel passionate. You'll start to feel excited. You'll feel charismatic, confident. All with just a simple shift in body language uh, will lead our emotional state. Oh, see, and you know, just to give someone confidence and say, you know, I always tell the girls, stand up straight. You know, like get get your posture, and it just yes. change, you can just see the whole look on their whole face is like, hey, I can do this, or you know, bring it, bring it on. It yes, just, and then the other ones that you know, have their head down and, you know, on their phone or, you know, kind of in their little shell or it's just like, and they don't even see life. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, so, so they say that, you know, cell phone use is linked to depression. Let's ignore or pretend that it doesn't even matter what's on the cell phone. You know, all the judgments that come with that, but even just putting your shoulders forward and your head down for three or four hours a day, looking at your cell phone will create anxiety and depression just from being in that body language. So even if there's no issues with your boyfriend on social media and who's liking his stuff, just the, the posture of that will change our state. And so, you know, for me, like I talk about the antenna theory, well, our body, we can use in so many different ways to fine tune our energetic state. So I'll give one example here. So I, I always talk about the sly smile and I don't know if you saw me talk about that in a podcast, but so, you know, a big genuine smile, happiness, confidence, uh, those are the feelings. But if we do it, if we just smile on one side of our mouth, it goes from like being genuine and happy to like this little playful, flirtatious, charismatic, right? So just like a little playful half smile from a a straightforward smile will change our energetic state. And I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it's just something to be aware of. Just those, that little change, right? And, And even like moving our head up and down through the range will change our state. So when our head's up, often this is seen as arrogance, right? Looking down our nose at somebody, when it's level, we're confident. And when it's down, we're depressed. And so just those, or, or defensive, right? Because we, we cover our neck, which is our most vulnerable area, with our chin. And so this is a, a state of protection, a state of, of fear. Just, and mm-hmm. it's, it's subtle, but it's, it'll stack up in our body. So realizing how to use all the components of our body and our breath to access our, our most confident, playful, spontaneous, and fun states. Talk about breath. Because I think that's so important. I, you know, I've watched people that win. What's his name? Wim Hof. Um, yes, Wim Hof. Yep. And his. I did a whole breathing thing with him one time, and you know, it's like you don't realize how powerful that breath is. What is your best? What would be a way of you teaching the breath work? So breathing is incredibly important. And so, just two things to think about is when we breathe shallow, we have a scarce breath. We have a scarcity mindset. 
when we breathe deep, we have abundant breath, we have an abundant mindset. And so if you, if you watch a rabbit, if you approach a rabbit right before it, it decides to run, it'll freeze. And when it freezes to protect itself, it stops breathing. And so it'll, it's deciding, do I want to run? Which way am I going to go? And if you think about, you know, when we played hide and seek as kids, we'd often hold our breath when someone walked by our hiding spot. And so that's what we do when we're in like this fear, anxiety state is we start to hold our breath. And so just realizing like, wow, I'm not, I'm not breathing and shifting that to breathe deeper can bring a huge change to your state. And it's incredibly important to breathe through the nose, breathe down into the lungs, hold it for a second or two between your breaths and just be conscious of it. That breath brings us back into the present. It allows life to flow through us. Abundant breath, abundant mindset. I love that. So I was listening. I work with teenagers. I have a class right now called Uncovering Your Magic for Teens, Mm -hmm. mainly because I have a 14-year-old and I really want to help them create this mindset now versus waiting till you're in your 30s and to think what your life could be like and, you know, going through college and having this knowledge, Mm -hmm. life-changing, right? So I had this thought, like with this podcast, why don't I... These kids want to come. They're always saying after they listen, they come to Ashley's boot camp. <laughs> and I thought, gosh, I'm just going to create a class, right? And do this for these kids, right? But didn't you say you used to work with teens when you did hypnosis or something? I, I did. I, I coached wrestling. I've, I've worked with some clients that were teens as well. And, uh, and I coached wrestling. And I learned a lot of this stuff when I was coaching wrestling. For example, one time I did a visualization before we went to one of our most important meets of the year. And uh, I put these kids into like this amazingly relaxed meditative state. We visualized our success and they came out and got clobbered. We got destroyed. And I realized I had used the breath to relax them, right? I tuned their antenna into like this very Zen relaxed state, which is amazing, except when you're going out to compete in wrestling, which is like going Mm -hmm. to battle, right? Right. And so what I learned from that is that they have to use the warrior breath to access those internal states, right? Just like I talked about my warrior state, the nostrils will flare, right? The chin goes down to protect the neck. You're looking up through your eyes. Your shoulders go big. This is the warrior state. And it's a totally different breath than when you're laying down or sitting down to meditate, right? And so I had had tuned them into the wrong vibration going into a competition. And I learned that like just shifting the way we breathe will shift our state. Oh, funny. When you were watching the competition, did you catch yourself going, oh no, what did I, I do? I did. And I was like, uh, you know, I, I wanted to blame them. And then I like, you know, I was like, no, I got to take responsibility for everything. So I, I was like, I think, I think I did that. What, what happened? And just by asking that question, I, I realized they were just too relaxed. And so next time it was a totally different experience. And, and we had a couple kids win state that year and did very well as a team. So okay. learn from my mistakes. Yeah. Oh, you know, I look back at high school and college and always think, gosh, if we had even one class on this self-development, right? What, what a difference life would be. Even, you know, anything. What would you say, like, what would be something if you were going to be mentoring a kid right now in high school, what would be the main things that you would want to teach them? I think, again, so important is just to learn to watch that inner voice because that's where we hit all of our roadblocks is that voice just like, and it's subtle. It's, it's behind our awareness. Usually that voice stops us every time we want to go ask the girl out on a date. Every time we want to go try out for the team, every time we want to do something different than what we've done before, the voice goes, ah, are you, are you sure you want to do that? I don't, I don't think you should do that. So just learning to recognize that voice, learning to recognize when it judges people. And when you do that, you get to choose your thoughts. And when you choose your thoughts, you're free. Like that's true freedom is recognizing the ego and not judging it and just releasing it and 
then you let life flow through you, right? So I think that's the number one skill. You know, I could say body language and language patterns and how to influence someone to do anything you want, but really it's to influence ourselves. And that starts with watching that voice. Right. And, you know, I think of the kids right now dealing with online school and hoping where you aren't because you're in the Midwest, but, you know, these kids around here, are, you know, it's been, they've been so blocked off from everything. Mm-hmm. And the social media thing is like so much pressure. That's a struggle I find with some of these kids that I'm helping to get those judgments that are in their brain. Like they're so young anyway, but you just, you know, you can't think about it. You just got to remember, like, get, I try to let them find triggers. Like when that happens and you see that trigger, you know, then switch, right? That's great. Yeah. So once we see the trigger, we want to interrupt the pattern. And so I I do this a lot of times at at events. I did this at at Rock's event last year in Montreal. I had people intentionally hear that limiting voice come up, right? The voice of judgment, the voice of doubt, whatever it is. I had them listen to it, identify it. You know, is it your mom's voice? Is it your own voice? Is it somebody else's voice? And then we change the modalities of it. So it sounds like Mickey Mouse, and then it sounds further away and it sounds closer. And, and it, we just interrupt the pattern so it starts to sound funny, right? Or, and so like you hear this little Mickey Mouse voice telling you you can't do something. Well, then all of a sudden it sounds comical, right? It sounds right. like a joke. And so we reframe the voice in our head. And once we, we recognize it, we reframe it, we can laugh at it and say, I hear you little voice, but I'm moving forward because I'm the right. voice. You know, now I am the voice, right? Yes, I love that. Now yeah. I am the voice. <laughs> oh, that's so, I just miss those days in those seminars that are live. I did the virtual UPW. It was still good, but yeah. you just don't have that vibration of everybody's energy. And to go back there, I cannot wait to do that again. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Just I'm excited to start, start speaking at events and putting on my own events soon too. So I know... Um, there's nothing like a live event where you just nothing. get in the energy of it and you just, yeah, surrender to the process. Right. Tell me about what you're working on right now. So still some real estate stuff, but that's going really well. So I'm really shifting my focus to the podcast and then my event. So I've outlined a four-day event where I teach people how to access all of the different resource states you know, and anchor them with emotion, with songs and with oil so we can step into gratitude. We can step into to charisma, we can step into our warrior state, our surrender state, and the body language that's associated with it, and then how we use those principles to influence others and to just live in a, an amazing state of joy and happiness that, like, like you said, we never learned in school. All the things about mindset and spirituality and energy that we never learned in school that we should be using every day that I've been on a mission to find to mm-hmm. just try to feel fulfillment in myself really first and foremost, and, and just to teach that to people so they know how to, how to navigate this world, what we're even here to do, uh, and how to live their best lives. Well, and the grateful thing, you know, I'm really about gratitude and really waking up and feeling grateful. And I'm teaching, mm-hmm. I ta- teach my daughters that, but what, to how that, it's the, the feeling, you know, wake up feeling that. But how do you do that? Tell me what you use for the gratitude oil and how you, I remember hearing that. How do you do that? What's your gratitude? Yeah, so I listened to. Uh, yeah, so I, I listened to. Actually, it's a song by Enya. It's called "How wow, Can I, I Keep." From, heard her. Yeah. yeah, it's called "How Can I Keep from Singing," and it's just like this beautiful song about nothing. No matter what's going on outside of us, nothing can stop that song that's within us, right? And so I listened to that song, and I kind of found it by accident. And then I, yeah, I smell lavender, and I just sit and I just think about what I'm grateful for. 
and I just anchor it, right? I smell it every time and I get more and more grateful. And I've, I've practiced those, that path. So the neural pathways in my brain and the, the myelination are strong and it sends that signal through my system fast. Those hormones release through my body and I just, I feel good and I, I step into that gratitude. But again, if you try too hard and you try to force it, it doesn't work. It's got to be from this place of surrender, from this place of allowing and this place of non-judgment where that universal life force energy can flow through you and create that within you. Uh, do you have a, one song for each thing? I do. So yeah, sometimes I have a couple songs. I have a full soundtrack for my warrior state, for my charisma state. Some of them I need to work on a little more. Yeah, it's, uh, I do. Yeah, I, don't, I should practice it more, but I love it. And, and like I can play like for my, I have a, what I call my sovereign state or my king state. Uh, and that's, I smell frankincense and I listen to like the bagpipes right? Like bagpipes, oh, wow. drums. And I just, I feel like, like this leader, right? And I, I just, I tap into this energy of, of a humble servant leader with confidence and decisiveness. And like, I feel different. And from that feeling, you behave differently out in the world. Are you doing this before you're speaking somewhere? When, when do you say, oh, today I'm going to do this thing? <laughs> Sometimes like if I'll work for a couple hours and then if I'm feeling stale, I'll get up, I'll move, I'll walk, I'll, I'll then I'll put myself into one of those states just to kind of activate myself. I use charisma, my peppermint a lot for doing podcasts, for speaking. I use my warrior state for working out a lot. So it really just depends, kind of whatever calls me. Okay. Now that you said charisma, we're coming to the end, but I really want to talk about you're creating this attraction and charisma program, right? Yeah. And so tell me about that. Well, so everything stems from rapport, right? I talk about the three steps of hypnotic influence, which we didn't really even get to, but it's rapport. And then whoever has the most certainty is the influencer. And then whenever you can guide their focus to becomes their reality. So rapport, certainty, and focus are the three steps of hypnotic influence. Now, to be charismatic, it's rapport, it's certainty, and then it's energy. You have to have this like amplitude of energy to lead people. Because if you only have two of those, you don't have charisma, right? Like, and I think of charisma as like magnetic charm or appeal. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have rapport, you just have energy and certainty. Well, you could be a tyrant, right? And if you, if you have rapport and you have energy, but you don't have certainty, you could be a comedian. And so just having that, like all three of those steps makes you charismatic. People will be drawn to you and they'll see you as a leader. And they'll be like, I don't know what it is about that guy, but I like him. I love being around him. I want to follow him because that's the principles of, of energy. So rapport, energy, and certainty are charisma. And then attraction is just rapport and polarity. So when you have the masculine and the feminine, right, those two aspects, but you have rapport, then you'll have sexual attraction. So if I meet someone who's like me, who's also masculine, we'll become buddies, we'll be attracted to each other in a friendly way. But if I meet someone who's feminine, that different energy will create an intimate attraction that's not there with with someone who's got the same polarity. Does that make sense? Totally. And I, you know, I used to live in the masculine all the time because I had mm -hmm. a business. I was by myself. I didn't get married till I was 35. And, you know, I've always had to take care of myself. So, you know, even going to date with Destiny a couple of years ago and doing that masculine and feminine yeah. and trying to dance like a woman, I was like, oh my God, who is that? And, you know, it's just, it's fascinating to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. And to realize that it is that polarity that, you know, when you're in a relationship, especially in an intimate relationship is making sure as a woman that you are feminine and you allow him to be masculine, but you know, there's a give and take, right? Mm -hmm. What is your 
Because I know you, you want to have be married one day. What are you looking for? How are you going to attract that? What, what, so you're like a masculine guy. Right. You're, you're, you need to find a feminine. But is a masculine attracted? To, are you attracted to a masculine woman too because she's strong and she knows what she wants? I'm, you know what? To be honest, I'm not. And like I have a lot of friends that are masculine women, but I'm not sexually attracted to them. Men that are masculine, they want to feel like men. And so when they have a, a very feminine woman that's in their life that makes them feel like a man, they would die for her. Like they would do anything for her. And so, yeah, so for me, it's to attract that, I have to be my best self. And so that's being emotionally free, stepping into my fears every day, living my purpose, being decisive, being a leader, ready to die for the cause, right? There's nothing more masculine than that because the masculine is like death, it's purpose, it's standing firm. And the feminine is it's birth, it's life, it's nurturing, it's surrender. And so those are the two aspects of manifestation even. And so, you know, many people are, they're so driven and, and they're so focused on their goal and the masculine side, but they never step back and surrender and allow. And so nothing, like I was, like that was me, nothing can come into their life because they don't have the feminine aspect of surrender and allowing. And then I'm, I'm sure you also know people that are very feminine and they just kind of go with the flow, but they don't have that, they allow all kinds of things into their life, but it seems to slip through their fingers because they don't have that drive and focus. And so it's having that, each masculine and feminine, having that in balance. And then in your relationship, knowing the roles, right? Knowing that one person is masculine, one person is feminine and how to cultivate those energies to keep that attraction. Uh, and when you can do that, you're, the chemistry is going to be off the charts and you're never going to want to leave that person. Right. What do you see? Do you visualize your wife? Do you visualize that connection? Yeah, I do. And I have, and some of it right now is just like surrendering to that. Like, I don't even put thought into it. I know it's going to come when it's the right time, as long as I'm the right person. And I find that when I just step into like my best self, a relationship comes along, right? And then that presents me all kinds of learning opportunities and I move forward from that. But like these relationships are just meant to show us the blocks that we have inside to, to love, right? They show us all of our judgments, all of our fears and insecurities. And every time we we get into a relationship, we get to see those, we get to release some of those and be our best selves. And when you can do that, you know, two people can do that at the same time and just keep releasing layers of insecurity and fear, then you have a, a long lasting relationship. And I, I honestly, like, I've been working on me so hard. I'm, I'm still doing that. Still, right. still working on me. So it'll come at the right time though. But you know, you're all, we're always going to be working on totally. ourselves, right? And to find that person that you connect with on all those levels and that she knows that she's still a work in progress and to come together and have that, you know, duality of each other and like build this amazing relationship, you know, it just, I mean, it takes that time, but you're so there, you know, and I see yeah. like someone that's just an attraction. Some woman will find that like, wow, he's so working on who he is. Like what a dad you'll be, mm. you know? What are the things about a dad? Like if you said, oh, these are the things that I would make sure I was as a dad. Because I can see you as an amazing dad. Yeah, well, thank Especially you. with boys. I mean, I could see you with girls, but you were so athletic with wrestling and everything. Yeah, yeah. I think being playful and fun, I think, is so important. Being able to keep a cool head, because, you know, I, I know a lot of parents, or, you, you know, you see them at the grocery store, their kids are screaming and they're yelling at them. And, and I think having that level head that no matter what your kids do, you're going to love them. You're going to be there for them. You're going to be fair and disciplined. Uh, but you're not going to respond emotionally. And I think that's a, a great sign. And the other thing is like the way we talk to our kids is so important. And I don't think people, people realize that we should be giving them, 
you know, belief where everything we say becomes a belief for them. And so just giving them empowering beliefs, like, Hey, look, you, you know, you didn't succeed here, but like you're resilient. You can step up, you can adapt, you can do this again. Like that's what it takes to succeed. You're persistent, you're hardworking and, and just giving them all of these beliefs about success. You know, I, if we tell our kids they're, they're smart and they're good boys and they're, you know, good looking, then pretty soon if they hit a wall where that's challenged, they're not going to know what to do. So instead, I, I always like to tell people to give them beliefs that transcend that so that they're, they're good learners, right? And then they're hardworking and they can overcome anything. And so those things will change their beliefs going into any struggle and, and then they can get through anything. And I think when you do that, the kids, they learn, they adapt, they, they become them best, their best selves too. Right. And, you know, leading in your minds as a mom or a dad, like to give them that, you know, the empowering beliefs, right? Like all the I am's, I am worthy, mm-hmm. I am strong. And we do that all day. Yeah. All the girls and I do that. But to let them go. And I, what I've learned lately with the, my girls is like, let them lead the way. Don't be so, you know, yes. like this helicopter parent that I could be easily, but to really let that go and see them explore life and let them fall and let them make mistakes, but also know that that's part of life and that's how we learn and how we grow and become this amazing, unique person that we're supposed to be. Yeah. And I always treat kids like adults. Like, you know, I I show them the respect they deserve. I let them make their own decisions and make mistakes, you know, whether it's my cousin's kids or nephews or whatever. And I think that's definitely something I would give my kids because you know, we know those helicopter parents who don't let their kids make any mistakes and don't let them go out of their comfort zone. And I think that really hinders them later in life. Totally. Okay. Before we leave, let me ask you this one question. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you wish I did today? Because there's so much about you and why I was going to ask you because I thought, gosh, I have so many things I could keep asking. Is there anything that I missed that you would have really liked to share? I don't think so. I mean, we didn't, you know, there's a lot, obviously a lot we didn't cover, but that was kind of the, yeah, we had, I think we had a good general overview. I think, you know, it all comes down to just being present, releasing judgment. And that just gives us room for more love to flow into our lives. And so if you're one of these people who just hasn't got quite gotten it emotionally, you're not feeling fulfilled, watch your judgments, let those judgments go, find yourself accepting whatever is in the present moment. And life will flow through you and it'll be a whole different experience. I love that. Perfect way to end. But can you let everybody know how to find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a a website. It's spontrain.com. That's S-P-O-H-N. And then the word trained, like a personal trainer, spontrain.com. And then I have the Spontrained personal development podcast, Spontrain on on Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. So yeah, I'm all over. It's Spontrained, everything. Spontrained, everything. Yep. And so that was one of my wrestlers started making t-shirts that they were spone trained when, when I was coaching high school. And so that, that just kind of stuck and it was an easy transition. Oh, cute. I love that. Yeah. Oh, so great to meet you, Nicholas. I've loved it. My pleasure. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the uncover your magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, Please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget, always look for the magic.